0: Well, good morning, everyone. Um, Many thanks for the delightfully warm welcome um, you gave um, us all uh, last week, myself and my family. Uh, For those of you who don't know me, I'm Tony Thompson. Here's my page on Facebook. So if you want to be my friend, uh, just uh, uh, contact me and mention Windsor Baptist Church, and then I'll accept you as my friend. So so I'm here with uh, my wife, Ruth, and uh, my children, Grace, who's 14, Anna Joy, who's 12, and Brendan, who's who's 9. Um, As Alice mentioned, uh, I've been associated with this church for 47 years. Uh, I started coming when I was just one or two weeks um, old. And uh, in many ways, my life and who I am is uh, very much a product um, of this church and of this this fellowship. Uh, I made a Christian commitment very early on in my life, um, uh, very much under the influence of um, actually some of the people who are in this room uh, today. Uh, But beyond that, um, as I was growing up here um, as a teenager and so on, thanks to uh, the people who taught me here and thanks to um, my peers, many of who are also still in this room, um, then I learned, very much took on the idea that um, Christianity is not just about some decision you take as a small child, but it's much more about a lifestyle and about uh, walking on an ongoing way in obedience um, to God. And um, while I always thought of myself as uh, an ordinary, decent Christian, kind of average kind of person, and was all ready for a settled life here, went to what was then the Ulster Polytechnic, and is now the University of Ulster, and was working for my father, Um, then um, I was still also very conscious of this idea that actually the the important thing was to be in the center of God's will for your life. So he tapped me on the shoulder uh, at one point. Um, in 1985, and as a result, I ended up uh, being sent out by this church to work uh, with the Tier Fund um, for the Diocese of Central Tanganyika as a hospital administrator, so I was in Africa, uh, Tanzania, for about four and a half years, and life has taken many unexpected changes a change of direction for me since then, and I really do feel that um, God has very much been a part of it, and uh, for the last 16 years or so, um, I've been working for the World Bank Part of the time in Washington, D.C., where it's based, and a part of the time back again in in Tanzania. Uh, For those of you who don't know much about the World Bank, uh, the World Bank's mission is to reduce poverty around the world. And uh, it sounds a bit pompous, but there you go. Um, People like Gordon Brown uh, think it's very important that uh, the World Bank is there and that it does this this kind of thing and uh, gives them a hard time, gives us a hard time when we don't do as well as he would like us to. Um, And despite its uh, its, its, um, imperfections and so on, um, it's very much a privilege um, to work there and to be a part of an organisation that actually has this um, astounding mandate. Uh, So that has been very good for me. Uh, Now, about a year ago, um, it's a large institution, I went through a rather painful reorganisation kind of process. And it really wasn't clear to me or to my family what we were going to be doing or where we were going to end up. And uh, we were all, as a family, uh, intensely uh, praying um, to know what God's will would be and what the next um, turn of direction would be. And at one point, actually, we thought we were all going to be going as a family to Macedonia. So it's very interesting to hear about Macedonia. Uh, and that seemed to be very much where we were going. And we were praying about that very much. And at the end of the day, we really felt that God closed that door for us. And I was applying for a number of different positions within the World Bank and ended up um, in a position that was very, very different and very, very un- unexpected. Working as manager for the World Bank's global HIV-AIDS program threw me very much into the deep end of, um, of, um, of HIV um, and AIDS Um, but we very much feel that um, that's where God um, would would have us be now the the global HIV AIDS program is a small team within the World Bank and it both drives the World Bank's response to HIV around the world and also works with nine other UN agencies including people like the um, World Health Organization and UNICEF uh, to work together um, as the the world's response to the HIV um, epidemic Um, so We all together play an advocacy role, and then each of the different organizations has its own specific role to play um, within within that broader uh, collaboration. And uh, in our case, there are two things the World Bank does, and uh, they're best summed up by saying, know your epidemic and know your response. Uh, So we support countries on the know your epidemic side. We, We provide technical specialists to help countries pull together all the information they have available on HIV in their country. Um, who has it, who's infected, how they were infected, who is at risk, um, um, who has been affected by it, for example, orphans. Um, Is the infection concentrated in certain high-risk groups or is infection spread throughout the general uh, population? Where are the next thousand infections likely to come from? So we um, help countries put all that together so that they can know their epidemic. The other part of what our team does is know your response now you know what the epidemic is like. Who's infected? Where the next infections are likely to come from? Uh, then we provide uh, support to national authorities to help them put together strategies and interventions um, to do something about it. And the areas where we're working are on prevention, are on treatment for those who have HIV, and on mitigation, uh, orphans and other, 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 other affected groups. Um, so it's really—I um, mean—it's really a privilege to be a part of that. Now, so far, so good. Um, it all. Um, you know, sounds a bit, um, actually, it all sounds a bit academic, probably. Um, The problem is that what I find getting into the HIV AIDS world is that you're moving from a really quite a detached professional and often very conceptual kind of environment to one that is really dealing with who you are and who we are as human beings. Um, And uh, when we look at at the disease and how it affects people, it really is horrific. Many people are in treatment now. Uh, there is treatment, but the treatment is very severe. Um, there's no cure. And its impact on families, economies, and the whole, whole societies in certain parts of the world has been absolutely devastating. Uh, it's estimated now that there's about 32 million people around the world who are infected, living with, with HIV. Uh, there's about 380,000 children were infected in 2006. Uh, and there's about... Um, um, let me see, yeah, approximately 2 million children in the world now living with, with HIV. And there's about 12 million AIDS orphans just in sub-Saharan Africa, which, of course, is the epicenter of the disease. Now, the good news is that um, HIV really seems to have peaked. It's not getting any worse. The bad news is that it's really peaked at a totally, unacceptably high level. really, really is bad. But we're all getting very used to it. It's just out there. And um, so um, the the commitment to doing something about it, I suppose, is, is kind of waning a bit. What's interesting, though, to me is HIV is something that's actually pretty hard to catch. I know when the disease first came out, We were all very scared that the whole world was going to become infected with HIV. We didn't know very much about the disease then. And with 20 years behind us now, a lot of research and so on, we know a lot more about it. And it really is pretty hard to um, catch. And yet, um, the disease seems to have done very well. It's spread. It's really entrenched itself in, in many parts of society. You really have to ask yourself, well, why is that? Well, it really spreads because of stigma. Uh, because of discrimination and because of silence and why is that well I suppose it's about what how you get it and how you get it is it's really it's about sex and it's about drugs and um, even more so it's about promiscuous sex and it's about um, coercive sex it's about sex trafficking it's about child sex trafficking it's about men who have sex with men It's about people who are transgender or transvestite. It's about sex workers who use intravenous drugs. It's about husbands who infect wives, and it's about wives who infect um, um, husbands. It's about churches. Many of the most infected countries are countries with very strong Christian traditions. It's about churches who are either incapable or are unwilling to talk about these things, uh, to talk about sex. I'm just a poor boy from... Northern Ireland, Northern Ireland, and um, I have to say that absolutely nothing in my background and upbringing has really uh, prepared me um, for this. Um, so a few people have asked me since I've taken on this new role, so do you enjoy your work or are you comfortable with your work? and I have to say I don't really enjoy it at all I find it very stressful and I'm certainly not very comfortable um, with it Uh, very early on I asked some people um, what do you do when you're sitting in a presentation and um, they're using all these terms and you actually don't understand what they're talking about Um, and they they said well you just stick up your hand and you say can I have a terminology clarification here Uh, so um, I've been having to ask for terminology clarifications uh, quite a lot But what's been very helpful for me um, has been to see how the church has been uh, responding. I have to say the church has responded late, um, but the church has been responding very, very well. Uh, A lot of the people who are most affected by HIV are people who traditionally would come very much under the judgment and condemnation of the church. And um, so I think this is the reason why it's taken the church a long time to respond. But increasingly, the church and some of the leaders in North America have been very good at this, have been moving away from a position of judgment and condemnation to one which is really about showing God's grace and God's love um, to a sinful world. And I find that very helpful and and very inspiring and very informative as, 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 as I have moved on. I met with a couple of the elders earlier this week and they asked me to make sure that by the time I'd finished my presentation, they'd given you something, some information that would allow you to pray in a more informed kind of way. So I'd like you to ask, I'd like to ask you um, to pray for me, for the work that I do, and also for the uh, the church and, um, and, and how we as a church respond globally. For me, I'd be very grateful if you could pray that I could show God's love and grace, uh, both in the workplace and to the people that I encounter um, through my work. Um, I'm in a very privileged uh, position. I sit in meetings um, where um, um, there's an opportunity to have a very positive um, influence on how things are approached and how people frame um, issues. So I'd ask that um, you pray that I would have wisdom and understanding in these situations as I engage in these fora. I pray also, I'd ask you to pray also that I could be salt and light Um, in the the workplace. On my Facebook page, I don't know how many of you are on Facebook, Um, but one of the things, there's a number of things you're, you're, you're asked, and one of the things you're asked are your religious views. And um, so I've put up there that I'm a practicing Christian I'm trying to live out my Christian faith in a, in a very practical day-to-day way. And um, that's very true, and that's actually stimulated a lot of conversation among colleagues and, um, and so on. So here I am in this environment, um, dealing with these issues and um, trying to approach it in that kind of way. So your prayers are very much appreciated in that way. For the work, then pray. ask you to pray that, um, that more people would get access to prevention. There's still a lot of people in the world who do not have access um, to um, prevention services. Um, mothers who are at risk of infecting their children and don't have access to the kind of drugs um, that would um, stop them passing it on to the children. Um, there's a lot of people who are infected and don't have access to treatment. Um, still only about a third of the people who should be on treatment are getting access to treatment. So we pray that um, more people um, get the benefit of that. Uh, and then there's still a lot of people who are affected the orphans and others um, could pray that um, uh, their needs uh, could be met and they could be supported for the church one of the big agenda items for for, for us this year my my, my vice president the person I respond to is a lady from Botswana which is one of the most infected countries in the world and she's very much a Christian um, lady one of her agenda items is to get the church much more involved in southern Africa in um, spreading the word getting people uh, talking much more about how they should behave. A lot of the the behaviour change that's required is actually very much in line with traditional Christian values being faithful um, to your your spouse, um, and so on and so on. Uh, So it's very much um, for her, and she's looking for us to support her in helping to break the silence and helping to get the church to get involved and to start talking about these things that they found it so hard to talk about um, in in the past. So I'd ask for your prayers for that as well, that the church could really rise to this challenge and really be um, a vehicle for, for doing something about it. So thank you all very much.